Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Ghibli Attack the podcast where we talk about the films from the world's greatest animation studios and filmmakers. I'm Michael Leader and I've seen the lot of them. And I'm Jake Cunningham and I'm stepping through the door. So join us on our quest into the glorious world of Suzume. Hello Jake, here we are back on the main feed. It's been a while and it's very nice to be back. Oh, well, it feels like, yeah, we, we, we were talking about excitedly doing this episode at Christmas. So I, I'm glad we're finally doing it. Absolutely. So this is, well, it's the big new anime release of the year, at least in international territories. Suzume has already been a huge hit in Japan. I think it's even still in the top five at the box office there, even though it was released at the back end of last year new film uh, i do i do like that in the year that they were going to have a new Hayao miyazaki film in a podcast that is called ghibliotech you've decided that this film suzume is the big anime release of the year dot 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 so far uh, <laughs> who knows when we're going to get how do you live i mean hopefully we get it this year you never know how the how the tides shift in terms of international releases. But this is very exciting, right? This is Makoto Shinkai. If we're looking at the modern day anime auteurs, um, we've not covered his films yet, but he's definitely up there with the likes of Mamoru Hosoda, Satoshi Kon, these names that pop up that are beyond the Hayao Miyazaki's and the Isao Takahata's of the world. Of course, Your Name was a major breakthrough for him, record-breaking film release in japan and then he made weathering with you and now this is the new one so a lot of genuine excitement for it Mm. and i mean down the line on this feed we're going to be diving into suzume in detail ourselves but also all his previous work too and we're very excited to be doing that um so we're in a way we're approaching this in reverse because we're beginning with the filmmaker talking about his most recent film rather than us talking about everything that came before it. But such is the nature of production and release schedules. Mm, Absolutely. We need to think up a pun, don't we, for what that Mm. miniseries could be called. I've been workshopping Shink High School, like a high school pun. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't think that would look good written down. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, is this one where we could roll in one of the names of the films? Uh, podcasting with you? <laughs> I mean, we, we there are other podcasts that I think do the puns based around film titles rather than just the filmmakers' names. I don't know if we want to go down that route. But this episode is not too dissimilar to episodes we put out last year, interviews with Masaki Yuasa and Naoko Yamada, where we were teasing a very exciting filmography that we may one day get to. The difference with Shinkai compared to many other filmmakers we've looked at in the past is you've seen some of his films, Jake. I know. We're we're breaking apart the format at the seams, really. Who knows what's going to happen next? We're going to have to do a series where I've seen everything and you haven't. Like that's the that's the brand refresh coming later in the year. Um, yeah, but I, I think if people have come with us this far, they'll they'll allow me to watch some anime in advance of a series now, won't they? <laughs> oh, of course. I was just teeing you up to say how much you liked his films. <laughs> if you wanted to, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do really like his films and like. I think just um, after the pandemic, I managed to watch your, like I went out to watch your name at the IMAX, like mm-hmm. as one of my tactics to go and immerse myself back into film. I, I did um, Sound of Metal as well, the Riz Ahmed film, because that has such amazing sound design and is so loud at points as well. It's like, right, saw that at the Prince Charles and then your name at the IMAX, just get properly soaked in cinema again. Mm. And... It was it was a wonderful way to do it, although, ironically, not the preferred format of the director. I mean, as we're about to hear, because we've recently been working with the British Film Institute and their big IMAX screen near Waterloo Station in London, and we've been showing his blockbuster trilogy, I suppose you could call it, with your name, Weathering With You, and soon to be Suzume. So we, as part of this interview, when we had the chance to interview him, we thought, let's ask about <laughs> the IMAX format, since the films play so well in that format. And, um, well, we won't spoil what his answer was, but it was a surprise, wasn't it? But how do we tee up Shinkai, really? I think, for me, if we covered the films of Mamoru Hosoda, and we saw that his films were personal reflections on his life and the stages of his life that he's at. I find that Shinkai almost thinks, lives his films. He's very personal as a filmmaker. The emotional currents run strong, but he's dealing with national emotions, national trauma, national feelings, particularly with these three films from Your Name onwards, where in this post-Tohoku earthquake, Fukushima, natural disaster kind of world that Japan is in and the the scars of those horrible disasters in 2011 um, are still seen and felt today. He wants to explore that and use high concepts, use magical realism, use the experiences and the high emotions of young people as a way of looking at those national wounds, um, which really marks him out as something different, I think, within filmmaking, feature filmmaking. Yeah, and well, in this case being more direct as well compared to the last two. And I think what's going to be really interesting is tracking him, tracking his career from the the earlier stuff into where he is being very personal as well. Literally personal as a filmmaker, making like as much as the thing as possible. To, and these smaller stories like in the Garden of Words, and then suddenly he gets split out and it goes so massive, incomprehensibly massive, both in terms of narrative but also in terms of success and 
kind of winding back to, into Suzume as well. Mm-hmm. It's um yeah, really fascinating career. Very much looking forward to diving into it with you. But we should say he he was not the biggest name in the room, really, was he? Are you talking about the chair boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> well, so yes, you're, you're teasing there the real star of the show, of the film. So Suzume, I mean, I should read a synopsis, really, to bring everybody mm. up to speed. But um, So let's go with that to begin with. On the other side of the door was time in its entirety. This isn't, this isn't our synopsis. This is coming straight from the distributor. <laughs> Suzume is a coming-of-age story for the 17-year-old protagonist Suzume set in various disaster-stricken locations across Japan where she must close the doors, causing devastation. Suzume's journey begins in the quiet town in Kyushu, located in southwestern Japan, when she encounters a young man who tells her, I'm looking for a door. What she finds is a single weathered door standing upright in the midst of ruins, as though it is shielded from whatever catastrophe struck. Drawn by its power, Suzume reaches for the doorknob, and doors begin to open one after another across all of Japan, unleashing destruction upon any who are near, and Suzume must close these portals to prevent further disaster. What isn't mentioned in that synopsis, but is covered in the, in the trailer, is that boy... Uh, almost immediately after they have their first love at first sight meeting, um, is turned into a three-legged children's chair. <laughs> and and so, that chair is silently present throughout this interview. And what a kind of magnetic force the chair was. As soon as we came in, like he he's the one that everyone's falling over. It had the coziest seat in the room, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but we cover all that stuff as well as Shinkai's amazing career working in features, mid-length anthology movies, shorts, working on huge budgets with veteran animators or working alone at night while uh, while he was working in video game industry. He would make his own animation on his PC that evening. So that amazing arc of his career, as well as his relationship with London and his inspirations and influences, all the usual things we cover in these interviews. Um, it was such a treat to talk to him, wasn't it? Absolutely. Well... I think that's it, isn't it? We've got nothing else to say on this one. Should we, should we hand it over? So let's go through the door. But before we step across the threshold, if this is your first time listening to one of our episodes with Japanese interviewees, um, the way we do it is BBC radio style. You'll hear a little snatch of the Japanese response and that will be dip out and the translated answer will come in but if you can understand Japanese and you want to hear it from the horse's mouth so to speak you can fast forward to the end of the episode where we'll have the whole recording um, pasted in uh, after the credits but for now let's hear from the man himself Makoto Shinkai I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mr. Shinkai, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a, an honor to speak with you, uh, particularly about your new film, mm. Suzume. Mm. Um, I suppose let's start with Suzume, and I'd like to start with your the co-lead of the film, which is a chair, mm -hmm. <laughs> which mm. is a unique addition mm. to a film. And particularly, I'd love to know how you went about designing the character and animating it, uh, because it is a three-legged chair. Well, thanks for having me today. Uh, I wanted a character in the film that would be fun and cute just by being there um, and the reason for that was because the the film is based on a, a real-life disaster that actually happened in Japan uh, that could end up being quite a hard watch uh, and quite a heavy subject matter uh, and I didn't want it to just be very serious um, I wanted a bit of, of lightness in the film and when I was thinking what should this character be I remembered that when I was little my dad had made me a chair uh, and it was something that I was, uh, that I loved, and and so I thought, well, that that's a nice present to give a child, um, and so it might might be a good character. Uh, in this case, the chair is made for Suzume by her mother, so it's a very simple design, um, made by a, an, an amateur carpenter, um, and and because it's made of wood, it's hard, so I needed it to look hard as it was moving, uh, and with hand drawn animation, it tends to look softer, um, which is why I decided that it should be done using 3D CG. And the reference point for the way the chair moves is actually the, the Pixar logo, the Luxo Junior logo with the jumping lamp. Um, I wanted it to have that sense of vitality while still remaining hard. The yellow color is actually a reference to Pokemon, to, to Pikachu, uh, who is obviously yellow, um, because I had this idea that, that yellow characters are universally universally loved, and I wanted everyone to love this character. <laughs> I just want to ask about the story for Suzume as well, because this feels like a real road movie with Suzume having this journey across the country, and she meets all these brilliant women as well, all in all these different locations, and it feels like a different style of story to you. What made you want to approach a story with that shape? 
、えー、いくつかの理由があります。一つは、まあ、コロナのパンデミック中に COVID の There are several reasons, I think, for making it a road movie. The first is related to the fact that I was making it during the, corona,、uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And Tokyo wasn't, wasn't as bad in terms of lockdowns as, as European cities were. But we, st- we were still locked down. We still couldn't travel for a while.、Um, and I just wanted us to be able to remove our masks and enjoy traveling again as, as quickly as possible. Another reason is that after each film,、um, like after your name, I, I go around Japan and do QAs. And I go around the world now doing QAs.、Uh, and people always say to me, Can you set the next film in my town?、Uh, and I say, Okay, I'll try and do that one day.、Um, and I feel like I have made all these promises that I need to keep.、Uh, I have several pieces of homework to do. And I thought if I made a road movie, I'd be able to tick several of those off at once and, and hand in several of my assignments. <laughs>、um, the, the, the notion of the road movie and the open road, I, at least in my mind, is,、uh, is very American. Creation. In the UK, we can't really do road movies because you can go from one end of the country to another in a few, in 10 hours <laughs> by car. And so, is the, that tradition in Japan of hitting the open road,、um, or, or is it all trains and are you doing something different here? Well, Japan's not a very big country either, but it does take a, a bit longer than 10 hours to get from one end to the other. The thing in Japan is that you have all these different terrains,、uh, and so you can't drive in a straight line for hours and hours and hours like you can in the US.、Um, so, if you're going to go from one end of the country to the other, you end up needing to use different modes of transport, like Suzume does in the movie. So, she takes a ferry, the local train, the bullet train, hitchhikes.、Uh, that's how it, it works out if you're trying to do a road movie in Japan. And One thing that we've loved about your films from the very beginning of your career has been how the stories that you tell can vary in their length, whether that's shorts, mid lengths, anthologies, now features. What attracted you to that diversification of storytelling? And now you're making feature films, do you think you'd ever return to something that isn't a feature? Well, I started out making my animation independently、uh, and I didn't really know how to do it. I'd never worked in an animation studio. I'd worked in a da- game company, which I quit because I wanted to make、uh, animation. And I started off making something a few minutes long. And that was fun. So then I tried to go longer, but it didn't go so well. So I, I thought I should start short.、Um, And I didn't really know what I was doing. So the first 10 years were a process of, of, of、mm. experimenting. And then I, I figured out how to make a, a feature length film and I made Your Name, which I think went really well.、Uh, and then I went on to make Weathering With You and Suzume, these feature length films. But in another sense, I think Your Name went too well.、Uh, and it was actually a bit of a Curse in the sense that I had to then carry on making f- hit feature length films and had to make money for the studio. And, and now I've ended up making these big budget feature length animations. But I think as I get a bit older, I think the, the audiences for my films will naturally decline a bit.、Um, I'm probably almost at my peak now. And 
I think once the audience start to decline, maybe I can maybe I can start making things on a smaller scale and making short short films again and going back to to playing with different formats. But that's maybe a little way off yet. Mm. Not not now <laughs> for the future. <laughs> and as a director, g coming from making shorts where you're essentially doing everything yourself to something on this scale where you're having to essentially relinquish control to other people and you're now not crafting every element of it, how have you found that process of having to give up certain elements of the filmmaking process? It was frustrating initially um, that things didn't end up looking exactly as I had imagined them. But recently I've started to enjoy working with the team. Um, and when you work in a team, there's all sorts of people. There's people who, when they can't draw exactly what they want to, they, they end up crying. There's people who don't come into the studio until they've had a drink. Um, and it's it's somewhat chaotic, but now I find it more fun working with a team than working alone. That story about how you started off as a, I independently making your own short films and uh, in between your day job um, was, is so inspiring and so radical to animation fans. Um, what do you remember of that period, and what was the hardest part of learning to be an animator and director? Well, when I was working independently, I was obsessed, and it was just so much fun. Um, I really enjoyed the process, and, and when I wasn't sleeping or eating, I was, I was working on my animation. Um, but then at some point, that became my job. Um, whereas before it had been my hobby, uh, because now I had to get money um, and to make these longer animations and suddenly it was work and I felt like I'd lost my hobby uh, and that now I was just living to work. Um, that was sort of in the early 2000s um, and that was the hardest time. Now I've found a balance. Uh, I work um, and and I have my, well, not hobbies really, I suppose, but, but I enjoy reading manga, playing with my cats. I've found that balance. But there was another time that was particularly challenging. That was, the other time that was particularly challenging was when I was making Your Name. And a lot of the animators who worked on that had come from Ghibli, um, which was a place that I could only dream of. Um, and they said to me that my storyboards were hard to follow and that Miyazaki's were much clearer and more fun to work on. And I thought, are you seriously comparing me to Hayao Miyazaki? Um, and, and that got to me. Uh, and I did go home and, and cry that <laughs> night um, because of my own lack of, of ability. Gosh, <laughs> what an experience to go through. But um, you mentioned that it's been, oh my gosh, it's been 20 years since Voices of a Distant yeah. Star, Place Promises in Our Early mm -hmm. Days. And you say that at one point you had to find a balance in your life when animation became your job. And I wonder, what do you how do you feel that you've changed in the last 20 years? I suppose one thing everyone goes through at a certain point is having a family, having children, and that is a, the biggest change we can go through. There, were several, there, there have been several big changes. One is that after making five centimeters per second, I, I thought that I kind of got a good idea now of how to make animation. And I wanted to try something different. 
So uh, in 2006 or seven, I came to London for a year and a half. Uh, and that really changed my life in a big way um, because I discovered that there were people in other countries who enjoyed my work, um, uh, including people like Justin at the BFI. Uh, and that was a big turning point. Another turning point was when I came back from London to Japan uh, and I made Children Who Chase Lost Voices from Deep Below. Um, that was a big turning point because it didn't go down well in Japan. Uh, a lot of Japanese people said, that's not what we want from you. Um, it was a challenge for me and it was, it was Ghibli influenced, but that wasn't what people were wanting me to, want, wanted me to be doing. Uh, and that was a shock. And then the same year, the Great East Japan earthquake happened. Um, and I wasn't directly impacted by that, but I started to, f to wonder whether it was okay to go on making animation as entertainment um, when it wasn't really helping anybody. Um, and I started to think that maybe there's a way of using animation to show disasters and to, in a way that, that might actually help somebody. Um, and that, I think, led on to your name. Uh, so 2011 was another big turning point. Mm. And you started making Suzume during COVID. I'm curious how you went about starting to direct a film from home. What was that production process like? <laughs> and how did your family <laughs> take it? <laughs> <laughs> Storyboard well, when I was writing the storyboards for Suzume, we were under lockdown, or I should say, under the declaration of a state of emergency in Japan. Uh, and that was went on for over a year. But I usually write the storyboards alone anyway, so that wasn't that different from any of the previous movies that I'd worked on. But then the, the studio work starts and the team work starts, and, and normally I would be going into the studio every day and, and working with the team. But during COVID, I was at home more than half the week uh, and having Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting and, and working with the team online. Um, I have a daughter and she would say to me, because I was at home every day, she would always be saying, is Suzume not, not done yet? Are you still going? When's it going to be ready? Uh, and I thought, if only you knew. <laughs> but I realized that two and a half years is a long time for a child. <laughs> I can empathize with that with my four-year-old at home. Yes, your cat sticker. Now, our podcast is called Ghibli Attack, and um, so we love Studio Ghibli's films as well as your films. Um, so we, we have to ask about a couple of references in Suzume. I hope you don't mind. Um, particularly one that crops up when the cat character goes viral and one of the tweets is a picture of the cat on a train and it's omg it's like i'm in whisper of the heart <laughs> which is my favorite ghibli <laughs> film i love that film what's your relationship with that film and why did you want to include that in in suzume well, first, I'm impressed that you noticed that because it's such a short little scene. <laughs> well, yeah, Whisper of the Heart is, a, is an important film for me. Um, I mentioned earlier that I lived in London for a while, and while I was here, 
I bought a DVD of Whisper of the Heart from HMV and, and watched it for the first time in a long time. And I found that I was moved more than I had been when I'd seen it in Japan, almost moved to tears. I, I bought it because I wanted to watch it in English uh, and study English, but I still found myself being totally moved by it because uh, Shizuku writes her, she's, she's writing her, her, her novel, right? And then, and then gives it to the grandfather to read. And, and he says, it's, it's not, it might not be great, it might not be ready yet, but the fact that you've written it and the fact that you've finished it is what's so, so amazing. And I, I didn't understand what they were saying in English, but it did seem like that was like me uh, in a way. And that encouraged me to, to keep writing. Um, just thinking of Whisper of the Heart, that being a film that Kondo directed but Miyazaki wrote, and you've mentioned Hayao Miyazaki a few times here, there was just a, a single shot in Suzume of some safflowers blowing in the wind, which made me think of Only Yesterday. And I realised that Isao Takahata isn't really a filmmaker that people might be comparing you to, so I'd be interested, what, what do you think of Takahata's work? Well, Ghibli, of course, you think of Miyazaki and Takahata, and Takahata's films are lovely, but as a young boy, I preferred Miyazaki's films, and, and boys in general prefer Miyazaki's films, because Takahata's films tend to be more film-like, um, like The Grave of the Fireflies, They're, they can be quite hard, uh, whereas Miyazaki's films are more like manga. Um, and so I preferred Miyazaki's films to Takahata's and, and watched them over uh, and over. Growing up uh, and, and watching Takahata's films, though, I'm astonished by how well-made they are. Um, as a child, I didn't realize his skill as a filmmaker. Um, and I think, in a way, Miyazaki was able to make, has been able to make the manga-esque films that he's made because of that talent that Takahata-san had. Takahata was making the, the movies, uh, which meant that Miyazaki didn't need to uh, and was able to, to make the, the films that we all enjoyed. Mm. I, when I spoke with you last, I remember you told me that Castle in the Sky was a, a major mm. film for you as a, as a child. Mm. Did you then see My Neighbor Totoro and Grave of the Fireflies when they were released in 1988? Because that double bill is infamous in the history of Ghibli. I didn't go to the cinema, um, so I saw them separately on TV or, or DVD later. Uh, so I never got to experience that legendary double bill mm -hmm. in the cinema. Uh, and now I think maybe I should have. Because <laughs> we, we spoke with um, a Japanese academic who was the right age to, to go with us on a school trip to see that double bill. And they were so traumatized by Grave of the Fireflies that they didn't trust the Ghibli name <laughs> <laughs> ever since and didn't watch another Ghibli film until Spirited Away or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we are big music fans mm. and your films, particularly the films with uh, your collaboration with, mm. with Radwimps, mm. have such beautiful musical sequences. Mm. But what's different in Suzume is I think a sequence we both loved is the, uh, the road trip playlist of oldies. Mm. Mm. Um, of course, there's one song in there, Ruji no Dengon, which yeah. is in Kiki's delivery service. Yes. But in general, I'd love to know what your music taste is. Do you tend to like the modern music or the oldies? <laughs> what was so important about the oldies in the film for you? Mm. 
僕の個人的な音楽の趣味は、そう、私は、そう、like more modern music、um,。The artist that I'm, that I'm listening to at the moment is ずっと真夜中ならいいのに。ずっと真夜中でいいのに。で、いいのに。はい。Okay. <笑> Uh, but there is a, a reason for using those particular songs in the film. I wanted to show that the world of the film is an extension of, of the real world.、Um, just like the, does the earthquake that happened in 2011 happened in the real world, it also happened in the world of the film. And just like Japanese people all grew up watching Ghibli movies and Kiki's Delivery Service, and they all know the song,、um, so Suzume would also have grown up watching that. Um, and knowing the song. And using that playlist of oldies that all Japanese people will be familiar with on the trip up to Tohoku, I wanted it to make people gradually realize that they thought they were watching a fantasy movie, but actually, maybe this is set in the same world that they're living in.、Uh, and then when Suzume gets back to her hometown at the end and it's, it's all been flattened and washed away, That would give that more impact for a Japanese audience because they realize that that what they're watching, the world of Suzume, is, is the real world.、Um, and that's the reason for that playlist of oldies. And thinking of your name and Weathering with You, which approached environmental disaster in a more abstract manner with something in a more fantastical way.、Mm. Do you think you, you had to make those stories first before you could approach something that was more grounded in reality? Looking back now, I think that I needed to do it in that order.、Uh, but it's not like I planned it at the time.、Uh, I didn't make your name setting out to make two fantasy films and then something that's based in reality. That wasn't a decision that, that I made. But looking back now, I think. Making your name in 2016, I don't think Japan was ready to see the earthquake being treated as entertainment. I, I don't think I was ready to, to, to show it in that way, and I, I don't think Japanese audiences were ready for it. But now that 12 years have passed,、um, I think Japan is ready, not everyone, but, but Japanese audiences are ready now to, to be able to handle that. In the form of entertainment like Suzume, and I think I was ready to make it as well. So I think I needed those 12 years to, to make this film. We, we are very proud and honored to be partnering with the BFI on、um, three screenings at their IMAX、mm. for of Your Name,、ah. Weathering with You,、mm. and then Suzume.、Mm. And so I wanted to ask you, what does IMAX mean to you as a format, the biggest, loudest <laughs> format as a filmmaker? What does that mean to you? Whenever someone tells me that they've enjoyed、uh, seeing my film in IMAX, it feels a bit uncomfortable <laughs> because with live action, you, you've got your IMAX camera and you can film something for IMAX. But with animation, it's, it's not made for IMAX, it's, it's hand drawn or whatever,、um, and it's made for a normal cinema. And then IMAX up convert it, optimize it for IMAX. And I don't know how they do that. It's a their special technology.、Um, so it's not made for IMAX, so it feels weird. Suzume's film in Sinesco, so it's a more widescreen format compared to Your Name and、um, Weathering with You, which were 16 by 9 in a more letterbox、uh, format. 
Whereas my understanding is that the height is important in IMAX because it's close to being closer to being a square. Um, but IMAX is very popular, so I do think maybe maybe I should be aiming for something closer to that format with my next film. I just wish they'd, they'd settle on one single format. And then soon you'll be making nine by sixteen for phones as well. We will also be introducing these films to 500 people. So I wonder, do you have a message for audiences watching your name and weathering with you today? Well, these three films have a theme of natural disasters running through them. And the reason that I made them is because we're surrounded by natural disasters um, and they're happening more and more frequently. Uh, not just in Japan with its earthquakes, but in Europe as well. You see the effects of the climate crisis. Um, we've had COVID uh, and even war for individuals is, is a kind of natural disaster because it's something we can't do anything about, but has a huge impact on our lives. Um, and so it seemed like a natural choice to, to feature these kinds of disasters in my films, especially when you have young protagonists. Um, their lives are inseparable from, from the disasters that are happening. So. I hope that audiences will see the events of these films not as something unrelated to them that is just happening in Japan, but is something but as something that is strongly uh, connected to their own lives. Now, before we wrap up, we have to ask a question. So our podcast is all about shining a light on filmmakers who have amazing filmographies. We started with Studio Ghibli, but now we've looked at Satoshi Kon and Mamoru Hosoda and Cartoon Saloon. We like to ask any guest that we have on the podcast who a filmmaker might be that you think we could talk about next. Who's got an amazing filmography or a studio that you think we could cover? Well, for me, the director that I uh, am very interested in is Naoko Yamada, uh, who made Kay on the movie, based here in London, uh, with Kyoto Animation. She's left Kyoto Animation now. She's working independently. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she comes up with next, hopefully something this year. Um, and yeah, I look forward to seeing what she comes up with in the future. <laughs> so I'm very curious because the title uh, of, of, her, of her next film is, is Kimi no Iro, Your Color, which is very similar <laughs> to your name. It should be a, a, a shared universe or franchise. Mr. Shinkai, it's been such a, an honor. Thank you so much for joining us today and speaking with us. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun. What a lovely man. What a lovely chair. What an experience. <laughs> I that was great. I had, you know, 
I interviewed him for your name a few years ago, and that was one of the most formal interviews I've ever done. It was on, a, on like a boardroom table with several producers sat around making sure that all the answers were on point. And they would say stuff like, don't mention Miyazaki. And they gave us a list of things, not to, you know, areas to tiptoe around. But that was one of the most relaxed interviews we've ever done. He was so open and generous, wasn't he? Yeah, I had, I had the pleasure of being at an event with him at the BFI. And uh, he was just, he was clearly having a whale of a time. I think maybe it's the London connection as well. Um, and maybe it's just having, being able to carry, carry the chair around as a kind of, as a comfort blanket yeah, in a way yeah. as well. Oh, it's, it was, uh, it was great. And that... I mean, even at the BFI event, he said that Miyazaki was his favorite director. So I'm sure he's, he's fine. <laughs> and um, the film is packed with references. So of course he's inviting those questions really but maybe it's just that feeling of uh relaxation maybe a, a relief of stress when you've had a few mm. successes under your belt you can talk however you want we should say thank you of course to shinkai for giving us his time we should say thank you to beth and jones who we've worked with so many times now she really is one of the best interpreters in the business um and this, this one was no exception and thank you to the team at crunchyroll both UK and France and Europe, I believe everyone was there, who um, set up that interview. Do we have any footnotes for this? I know we talked about all sorts. Uh, he mentioned Naoko Yamada, of course, as a filmmaker to watch. Um, we He did drop a recommendation for a Japanese pop group, which I think in the actual chat, he was there was a bit of confusion because it's a group called Zutomayo, Z-U-T-O-M-A-Y-O, who have two albums out currently, if you go on your Apple Music or your Spotify or however you listen to your music. Uh, and there is a bit of confusion. If you actually look them up, they've got several names in terms of the band. And also they're one of those groups where the members of the group are either anonymous or pseudonymous. So, yeah, that was a with, with the language barrier as well in place. <laughs> a tricky recommendation to land. But I'd recommend it. If you've enjoyed the music in Shinkai's films, you'll enjoy this. It's sort of eclectic, but very up-tempo, high-energy, uh, emotional. It's good stuff. Well, I'm looking forward to going back to the start and seeing how we ended up with Suzume, which we'll be doing on the main feed soon. But if you want to be hearing from us between episodes, you can, of course, join us over on our Patreon, where we'll be doing our Library Cafe series which is where we catch up on everything that we've been watching that maybe isn't anime michael is going to be telling me all about the super mario brothers movie um which sounds horrendous i'm sure the episode of the podcast won't be horrendous or the process of me telling you about the film won't be a horrendous experience jake or at least i hope not um <laughs> you've been quietly <laughs> weathering the experience of doing podcasting mm. with me for five years now <laughs> <laughs> but yes of course there's also many other ways if you want to keep in touch with us we're also on social media but also we are in the meat space we are irl as well we're doing monthly screenings um, at the prince charles cinema in london keep an eye out for what we're showing there we're also doing more regular screenings at the bfi imax i suppose when this episode goes out we are still only a few days away from our screening of suzume that will be introduced on Thursday 20th of April um, and we have books we have been transformed into print as well uh, there's a chapter on your name and Shinkai's work 
at large in our anime movie guide which is on shelves and um we'll have more news about books in the future and you can find out about that through our social media accounts we're on twitter at ghibliatech instagram ghibliatech.pod and we're on there individually as well our producer steph who's not here with us today is on twitter at underscore steph watts and jake's there at jake h cunningham and michael is there at michael j leader Produced by Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, Harold McShill, and Steph Watts. Our music is by Anthony Ng. Mr. Shinkai, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a, an honour to speak with you, yeah. uh, particularly about your new film, mm. Suzume. Mm. Um, I suppose let's start with Suzume, and I'd like to start with your the co-lead of the film, which is a chair, mm. <laughs> which mm. is a unique mm. addition to a film. And particularly, I'd love to know how you went about designing the character and animating it, uh, because it is a three-legged chair. Mm. <laughs> え、見てる人の気持ちが楽しくなってしまうような可愛らしいキャラクターが必要だと最初に考えたんですね。ま、なぜならこの映画はま、実は日本で過去実際にあった災害を物語のベースにしているからです。あの、ま、とても ま、fun and cute just by being there um, and the reason for that was because the the film is based on a, a real life disaster that actually happened in Japan uh, that could end up being quite a hard watch uh, quite a heavy subject matter uh, and I didn't want it to just be very serious um, I wanted a bit of, of lightness in the film and when I was thinking what should this character be I remembered that when I was little my dad had made me a chair uh, and it was something that I was, uh, that I loved, and and so I thought, well, that that's a nice present to give a child, um, and so it might might be a good character. うん、あの、あのそしてそのまあ母親が作ってプレゼントしてくれた椅子という設定ですから、まあ形はとてもシンプルな素人が作れるようなシンプルな椅子にしたいというふうに思いました。そしてまあそれをこうとてもこう。<
木で作るなんて硬いものですから硬いものとして動かしたかったんですねですのでハンドドローイングだとどうしても柔らかく見えてしまうから 3DCG を使うことにしましたその 3DCG で動きをつけるときにまあリファレンスにしたのはあの実はピクサーのルクソージュニアという,こうピクサーのロゴアニメーションです電気スタンドが生き生きと動くああいうこう硬い無機物が生き生きと動くようなアニメーションを目指しました Uh, in this case, the chair is made for Suzume by her mother.、Mm -hmm. So it's a very simple design、um, made by a, an, an amateur carpenter.、Um, and, and because it's made of wood, it's hard. So I needed it to look hard as it was moving.、Uh, and with hand drawn animation, it tends to look softer,、um, which is why I decided that it should be done using 3D CG.、Mm -hmm. And the reference point for the way the chair moves is actually the, the Pixar logo, the Luxor Junior. Logo with the jumping lamp.、Um, I wanted it to have that sense of vitality while still remaining hard. The yellow color is actually a reference to Pokemon, to, to Pikachu. <laughs> Uh, who is obviously yellow,、um, because I had this idea that, that yellow characters are university, universally loved, and I wanted everyone to love this character. <laughs> I just want to ask about the story for Suzume as well, because this feels like a real road movie with Suzume having this journey across the country, and she meets all these brilliant women as well, in all these different locations. And it feels like a different style of story to you. What made you want to approach a story with that shape? The story is that it's a very different road movie. It's a very different story. ストーリーリになっているんですけれども、はい、今までの映画と結構その形が違うと思うんですが、はいはい、今回はどうしてその形にしたかったんですか、えー、いくつかの理由があります一つは、まあ、コロナのパンデミック中に COVID のパンデミック中にこの映画を作っていたということが関係しているような気がします、えー、僕たちも、えー日本えー、東京も、えー、ヨーロッパほど厳しいロックダウンではありませんでしたがでも東京もロックダウンされて、えー、まあいろんな場所に行くことが旅行ができなくなった時期がありますよね、その時期に書いていたので、もう,あのもう早くマスクを外して、えー、日本中を笑いながら旅をするような日常が戻ってきてほしい、そんな気持ちでロードムービーになったという理由が一つです。There are several reasons, I think, for making it a road movie. The first is related to the fact that I was making it during the, corona,、uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And Tokyo wasn't, wasn't as bad in terms of lockdowns as, as European cities were. But we, we were still locked down. We still couldn't travel for a while.、Um, and I just wanted us to be able to remove our masks and、mm. enjoy traveling again as, as quickly as possible. ま、
Another reason is that after each film, um, like after your name, I, I go around Japan and do Q&As and I go around the world now doing Q&As. Uh, and people always say to me, can you set the next film in my town? Uh, and I say, okay, I'll try and do that one day. Um, and I feel like I have made all these promises that I need to keep. Uh, I have several pieces of homework to do. And I thought if I made a road movie, I'd be able to tick several of those <laughs> off at once and, and hand in several of my assignments. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the notion of the road movie and the open road, I, at least in my mind, is a is very American creation. In the UK, we can't really do road movies because you can go from one end of the country to another in a few, in 10 hours <laughs> by car. And so is the, that tradition in Japan of hitting the open road, um, or, or is it all trains and are you doing something different here? ロードムービーは見てないんですけど、日本の場合はどうでしょうか。そういう伝統習慣はあるんですか。その電車とかに乗るのが普通なんでしょうか。そうですね。日本もそんなに大きな国ではないですけれども、さすがに端から端まで十
making my animation independently uh, and I didn't really know how to do it. I'd never worked in an animation studio. I'd worked in a game company, which I quit because I wanted to make uh, animation. And I started off making something a few minutes long and that was fun. So then I tried to go longer, but it didn't go so well. So I, I thought I should start short. Um, and I didn't really know what I was doing. So the first 10 years were a process of, of, of experimenting. で、そんな風にその作っていったらだんだん長編を作ることが分かってきたんですね。で、ユアネームが自分としてはとても自分がもう少し年を取っていって、そうするともう自分の観客の数も多分自然に減っていってしまうと思います。キャリア的にはもしかしたら今がピークに近いのかもしれない。そうしたらもっと映画のスケールも小さくして短い賞とか、かつていろ
な人とまあ映画を作っていくのはちょっとしたカオスなんですけれどもでもやっぱり一人で作っているよりは今はそれが楽しいんですよね。It was frustrating initially、um, that things didn't end up looking exactly as I had imagined them. But recently I've started to enjoy working with the team.、Um, and when you work in a team, there's all sorts of people. There's people who, when they can't draw exactly what they want to, they, they end up crying. There's people who don't come into the studio until they've had a drink.、Um, and it's, it's somewhat chaotic, but now I find it more fun working with a team than working alone.、Yeah. Well, that story about how you started off as a, I- I- independently. Making your own short films and、uh, in between your day job、um, was, is so inspiring and so radical to animation fans.、Um, what do you remember of that period and what was the hardest part of learning to be an animator and director? その自主制作で作り始めもう仕事しながら作り始めたというのも本当にインスピレーションを受けるような話なんですけど、うん、あの頃の思い出とか一番難しかったこと大変なことは何だったんですかいや最初に実制作で作り始めた時はもう無我夢中で楽しくて、えー、もう作ることだけで幸せでしたもう本当にこう食事と眠る以外の時はずっと描き続けて作り続けていました、えー、ただまあその後でそれが自分の仕事になったわけです実製作の時は自分の趣味のようなものだったんですけど、えー、じゃあ今度お金を出してもらってもうちょっと長いアニメーションを作りましょうとなった時にそれが急に仕事になってしまったその時がつらかったんですよねあ僕は趣味をなくしてしまったと好きなことがなくなってしまった人生が仕事だけになってしまったというふうに、えー、なってしまった時があって、えーまあ、2000年代の前半ぐらいなんですけれどもその時はこうそうですねあのーただまあ仕事、うん、仕事だけになっちゃったなと思ったその時期が一番つらかった時期ですね。Well, when I was working independently, I was obsessed and it was just so much fun.、Um, I really enjoyed the process and, and when I wasn't sleeping or eating, I was, I was working on my animation.、Um, But then at some point, that became my job.、Um, whereas before it had been my hobby.、Uh, because now I had to get money、um, and to make these longer animations. And suddenly it was work, and I felt like I'd lost my hobby.、Mm. Uh, and that now I was just living to work.、Um, that was sort of in the early 2000s.、Um, and that was the hardest time. の合間に、まあまあ、ホビーはこう漫画を読んだり猫と遊んだりすることなんですけれどもあの、まあ、仕事としてバランスをとってやってこれるようになりましたでも、えー、もう一つこうすごく覚えているつらかった時期があるんですね。Now I've found a balance.、Uh, I work、um, and, and I have my, well, not hobbies really, I suppose, but, but I enjoy reading manga, playing with my cats. I've found that balance. それはあの「君の名は」を「YourName」を作っている時でした「YourName」にはスタジオジブリ出身のアニメーターがたくさん参加してくれたんですねで僕にとっては憧れのスタジオの人たちが来てくれたわけですでその時ジブリの人に「あなたの絵コンテあなたのストーリーボードは分かりにくい」と
宮崎駿監督のストーリーボードはもっと明快だし、えー、もっとやっぱりこうアニメーションをこう描いていて楽しいというふうに言われたことがあるんですねアニメーターたちから。駿と比べられんなんてと<笑>そんなことを言われても,もうどうしようもなくて。もうほとんどその日の夜は家に帰ってからちょっと泣きましたね<笑>悔しくて悔しかったしまあちょっと自分の力のなさにやっぱりこう絶望してえあ,の時あの時期は苦しかったですねOh gosh, it's been 20 years since Voices of a Distant Star,、yeah. Place Promises in Our Early、mm-hmm. Days. And you say that at one point you had to find a balance in your life when animation became your job. And I wonder, what do you th- how do you feel that you've changed in the last 20 years? I suppose one thing everyone goes through at a certain point is having a family, having children, and that is a, the biggest change we can go through. もう20年も経つということですけれども、はいはい、どこかでそれ、はい、星見が仕事になってバランスを見つけなければならないんですけど、はいはい、何がその20年一番変わったんでしょうか、うんまあ、家族、うんうんうん、結婚して子供を産んだというのもあるかと思うんですけどす、ね、一番変わったのは何ですか<笑>いくつかあります一つには僕はその秒速 5cm5cmps というのを作った後に、えーまあ、アニメーションの作り方がちょっと分かったような気がして、えー、少し違うことをやりたいと思ったんですねそこでイギリスに来ました、えー、2006年2007年ぐらいですかねロンドンに1年半住んだんですそのことが自分の人生を大きく変えてくれたような気がしますあの、えー、実際に海外に僕の映画を見てくれる人がいるんだということをもう体感することができたいろんな人に出会っていろんな人が、まあ、あなたの作品はああなかなか楽しいねというふうに、まあ、BFN のジャスティンとかが言ってくれてですからロンドンに住んだ経験というのは自分にとってまずは、えー、すごく大きな、えー、転換点でした。There were several, there, there have been several big changes. One is that after making five centimeters per second, I, I thought that I kind of got a good idea now of how to make animation. And I wanted to try something different. So、uh, in 2006 or 2007, I came to London for a year and a half.、Uh, and that really changed my life in a big way、um, because I discovered that there were people in other countries who enjoyed my work,、um, uh, including people like Justin at the BFI.、Uh, and that was a big turning point.、Mm-hmm. でロンドンから日本に帰ってきて僕は「星を子供という「チンドリンフューチェイススターズ」みたいな名前の映画を作ったんですけどそれ,それも大きな転換点でしたその映画は実は日本では、まあ、あ,のあ,まりあまりうまくいかなかったんですね日本の多くの観客がこのタイプの映画はあなたに求めている映画ではないというふうにこう言われましたあのやっぱりこう、えー、自分の明らかな影響下にあって、えーまあ、チャレンジはわかるけれどもあなたのあなたの作るべき作品ではないというふうに言われたことがとてもショックでした
そして同じ年に星を子供を公開した同じ年に東日本大震災が起きました、えー、その時自分は被害者ではなかったんですけれどもでも、まあ、エンターテインメントアニメーションを、ね、このまま作っていていいのだろうかというふうに思いました誰の役にも立たないような仕事なんじゃないかというふうに思って、えー、それでなんとかそのアニメーションの中でアニメーションを通して災害を描いたりとかアニメーションを通してまあ誰かがこう生きていくことを助けるようなような作品を作りたいというふうに考え始めましたまあそれが「YourName」につながっていったんですけれどもですから2011年はやっぱり自分にとってはまた大きなターニングポイントでした Another turning point was when I came back from London to Japan Uh, and I made Children Who Chase Lost Voices from Deep Below.、Um, that was a big turning point because it didn't go down well in Japan.、Uh, a lot of Japanese people said, That's not what we want from you.、Mm. Um, it was a challenge for me and it was, it was Ghibli influenced, but that wasn't what people were wanting me to, want, wanted me to be doing.、Uh, and that was a shock. And then the same year, the Great East Japan earthquake、mm. happened.、Um, and I wasn't directly impacted by that. But I started to, f- to wonder whether it was okay to go on making animation as entertainment、um, when it wasn't really helping anybody.、Um, and I started to think that maybe there's a way of using animation to show disasters and to, in a way that, that might actually help somebody.、Um, and that, I think, led on to your name.、Uh, so 2011 was another big turning point.、Mm. And You started making Suzume during COVID. I'm curious how you went about starting to direct a film from home. What was that production process like? And how did your family <laughs> take it? Suzume is a pandemic in the past. I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to go to the next one. そうですねあのまずそのストーリーボードを書いてる時期というのは、まあ、完全にその、まあ、ロックダウンのような、まあ、緊急事態宣言が日本で出ていた時期と重なってるんですねですので、まあ、ほとんどスタジオには行かずに家でストーリーボードを書いていました1年以上その時期がありましたただ僕はもともとストーリーボードは1人で書くのでえーまあ、あまり袖以前の作品との差はなかったんですね。あのまずここまでが一つ。Well, when I was writing the storyboards for Suzume, we were under lockdown, or I should say, under the declaration of the state of emergency in Japan.、Uh, and that was, went on for over a year. But I usually write the storyboards alone anyway, so that wasn't that different from any of the previous movies that I'd worked on. その後こうスタジオでのチームワークでのアニメーション制作が始まるんですけどえそれはかつてであれば僕は毎日スタジオに通ってスタッフと一緒に作っていたんですけどまああの半分もしくは半分以下えまあ1週間のえ半分以上は COVID の期間中は僕は家で仕事をすることになりましたまあ大体こう Zoom を通じてひたすら Zoom 会議 Zoom 会議でえまあオンラインで人にこうねオンラインでみんなと一緒に仕事をしたんですねでまあ家族はえまあ娘がいるんですけれども娘がいつも言っていたのはまだスズメできてないのまだお父さん作ってるのこれいつできるのっていうふうにこうすごく毎日僕が家にいるからそういうことを言われて
そんなすぐできるわけないだろうとか思いながら、まあ、子供にとってはまあ2年半というのは長い期間だなというふうに感じましたね。But then the, the studio work starts and the team work starts. And, and normally I would be going into the studio every day and, and working with the team. But during COVID, I was at home more than half the week、uh, and having Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting and, and working with the team online.、Um, I have a daughter, and she would say to me, because I was at home every day, she would always <laughs> be saying, Is Susan not, not done yet? Are you still going? When's it going to be ready? Uh, and I thought, if only you knew. But <laughs> I realized that two and a half years is a long time for a child. <laughs> I can empathize with that with my four year old at home. Yes, your cat sticker. Now, our podcast is called Ghibli Attack. And、um, so we love Studio Ghibli's films as well as your films.、Um, so we, we have to ask about a couple of. References in Suzume. I hope you don't mind.、Um, particularly one that crops up when the cat character goes viral, and one of the tweets is a picture of the cat on a train, and it's OMG, it's like I'm in Whisper of the Heart, <laughs> which is my favorite Ghibli <laughs> film. I love that film. What's your relationship with that film, and why did you want to include that in, in Suzume? あのまあ、ジ,ビジブリオテックということで当然ジブリの新海さんの映画もですけれどもジブリの映画も大好きです。でこの「すずめ」の中でいくつかもう引用されたりリファレンスされたりしていると思うんですが特に私が面白かったのはえと猫のえーソーシャルメディアの中でもう電車に乗った猫で耳を澄ませばとそっくりみたいなことが書いてあるかと思うんですがそれがたまたま私の一番好きなジブリ映画なんですがえ監督とその映画との関係についてそしてどうしてそこにそれを入れることにされたかということについてです。<笑>えっとですね、耳を澄ませば、まあよくあのシーンに気づきましたね。すごく短いシーンなので、気づいたことが驚きです。Well, first, I'm impressed that you noticed that because it's such a short little scene. <笑><笑>あの耳を澄ませばは、僕にとってもとても思い出深い映画です。あのまさに先ほどお話した僕がロンドンに住んでいた時期に、えー、ロンドンのなんだっけな HMV で耳を澄ませばの DVD を買って。本当に久しぶりに見たんですね。あのでそこで僕はすごく感動して、日本で見た時よりも感動して、あのこうほとんど、えー、泣いてしまうぐらい感動しました。Well, yeah, Whisper the Heart is, a, is an important film for me.、Um, I mentioned earlier that I lived in London for a while, and while I was here, I bought a DVD of Whisper the Heart from HMV and, and watched it for the first time in a long time. And I found that I was moved more than I had been when I'd seen it in Japan, almost moved to tears. I bought it まあ、おじいさんが言った言葉が、まあ、なん、なんでもなんて言ったかな、その。まだ、十分な完成、十分な完成度ではないと、あの、そこまで素晴らしい作品ではないかもしれないけれども。でも、あなたはこれを作ったことが、えー、スタートだし、えー、書き上げたことが、やっぱり、こう、素晴らしいというようなことを、おじいさんが言ったんですね。まあ、ちょっと、なんか、英語で聞いてたんで、よく理解してなかったんですけれども、でも、それが自分自身、その時の自分自身と重なって、あ。物語をとにかく書き続けて完成させることが大事なんだということをロンドンであの映画を見て思いました
I, I bought it because I wanted to watch it in English mm. uh, and study English, but I still found myself being totally moved by it because uh, Shizuku writes her, she's, she's writing her, her, her novel, right? And then, and then gives it to the grandfather to read. And, mm. and he says, it's, it's not, it might not be great, it might not be ready yet, but the fact that you've written it and the fact that you've finished it is what's so, so amazing. And I, I didn't understand what they were saying in English, but it did seem like that was like me. Uh, in a way, and that encouraged me to to keep writing. Um, just thinking of Whisper the Heart, that being a film that Kondo directed, but Miyazaki wrote, and you've mentioned Hayao Miyazaki a few times here. There was just a, a single shot in Suzume of some safflowers blowing in the wind, which made me think of Only Yesterday, and. I realized that Isao Takahata isn't really a filmmaker that people might be comparing you to. So I'd be interested, what, what do you think of Takahata's work? おそらく高畑さんに例えられることはないかと思うんですけれども、高畑さんのことをどう思われますか。あ、そうですね。あれですかね。まあ、花彼岸花が揺れてるシーンかな。あの高畑さんのことは僕はやっぱり自分というのは
of that talent that Takahata-san had. Takahata was making the, the movies, uh, which meant that Miyazaki didn't need to mm. uh, and was able to, to make the, the films that we all enjoyed. Mm. I, when I spoke with you last, I remember you told me that Castle in the Sky was a, a major mm. film for you as a, as a child. Mm. Did you then see My Neighbor Totoro and Grave of the Fireflies when they were released in 1988? Because that double bill is infamous in the history of Ghibli. あの、前に出したときに、ラプターが、あの、子供の時は大きかったっていう話だったと思うんですけれども、あの後じゃ、88年に蛍の墓とトトロのそのダブルブルは I didn't go to the cinema, um, so I saw them separately on TV or, or DVD later. Uh, so I never got to experience that legendary double bill mm. in the cinema. Uh, and now I think maybe I should have. Because <laughs> we, we spoke with um, a Japanese academic who was the right age to, to go with us on a school trip to see that double bill. And they were so traumatized by Grave of the Fireflies that they didn't trust the Ghibli name <laughs> ever since and didn't watch another Ghibli film until Spirited Away or something. あるにほんの学者とインタビューした時に彼はちょうどその年齢で学校で見に行ったんですけれども、2つを。で、ホタルの墓があんまりにもトラウマになってあれからジブリの信頼がずっと抜けられなかったということで、セントチヒロの神
、まあ、おあの夏メロの昔の音楽のプレイリストを使ったのにはあの物語上の理由があります。あのこの映画を現実と地続きだという物語にしたかったんですね。例えばこの「スズメの世界」の中では、まあ、2011年に東日本大震災があったわけですよね。で僕たちの現実の世界にも東日本大震災がありました。同じように多くの日本人が成長の過程でジブリ作品を見ます。えー、魔女の宅急便の,あのルージュの伝言も全員が知ってるわけです。ですから、スズメの世界にもきっとスズメたちは、えー、魔女の宅急便を見て育ったんだろうし、えー、あの曲は知ってるわけです。でそんなふうに東北に向かう旅の途中で、えー、日本人みんなが成長の過程で聴いてきたような曲を流しているんですね。えー、そうすると観客はあれこれこってファンタジー映画だと思っていたけれどももしかしたらその自分たちと世界と同じ世界なんじゃないかというふうにだんだん思っていってくれると思ったんですその果てに、えー、スズメがこう、えー、故郷に戻ったらそこはこう津波の跡地だったんですよねあのそれはやっぱり日本人にとって映画このスズメを見ている時の一つの大きな衝撃だと衝撃になりうるというふうに思いました、えー現実の世界とスズメの世界は同じなんだというふうに、えー、思ってもらうためにあのオールジーズの、えー、プレイリストを、えー、入れました。I wanted to show that the world of the film is an extension of, of the real world,、um, just like the, the earthquake that happened in 2011 happened in the real world, it also happened in the world of the film.、Mm. And just like Japanese people all grew up watching Ghibli movies and Kiki's Delivery Service, and they all know the song.、Um, so, Suzume would also have grown up watching that、um, and knowing the song. And using that playlist of oldies that all Japanese people will be familiar with on the trip up to Tohoku, I wanted it to make people gradually realize that they thought they were watching a fantasy movie,、mm. but actually, maybe this is set in the same world that they're living in. And then, when Suzume gets back to her hometown at the end and it's, it's all been flattened and washed away, that would give that more impact、mm. for a Japanese audience because they realize that, that what they're watching, the world of Suzume, is, is the real world.、Um, and that's the reason for that playlist of oldies.、Mm. And thinking of your name and Weathering with You, which approached environmental disaster in a more Abstract manner with something in a more fantastical way.、Mm. Do you think you, you had to make those stories first before you could approach something that was more grounded in reality? Kimi no Nawa to Tenki no Kowa, Yori Ko, Chujo Tina Katachi de, Makiko, Hindu to Kasu, Shinsai no Hanashina Tendes Keredomo. そういう抽象的な形で預かってからこういうリアリティのあるストーリーを作るという順番が当然だったんですか、うんうんはいうん、あの今から振り返ればそうだと思いますそういう順番が必要だったんだと思いますただ最初からこの順番をあの計画していたわけではありませんその「Your Name」を作った時に、えー、2作ファンタジーを作ってから実際の震災を描こうというふうに最初から決めていたわけではありませんあのただ今振り返ると「Your Name」を出した2016年というのはまだ日本人にとっては震災を直接エンターテインメントの中で扱うことの準備ができていなかったと思うんですね。
僕自身にもできていなかったし日本の観客にとってもそういう映画を見る準備ができていなかったと思います、えー、時間がそれからだんだん経ってきて震災から12年が経つ今のタイミングであれば僕はその震災を「スズメのようにエンターテインメント」の中で扱ったとしても観客は全員ではないにしても見る準備が整ったような気がしますし僕自身も作る準備が整ったような気がしたんです、えー、ですからスズメにたどり着くまでやはり12年という時間が必要だったんだと今振り返れば思います Looking back now I think that I needed to do it in that order、uh, but it's not like I planned it at the time、uh, I didn't make your name setting out to make two fantasy films and then something that's based in reality That wasn't a decision that I, that I made. But looking back now, I think making your name in 2016, I don't think Japan was ready to see the earthquake being treated as entertainment.、Mm. I, I don't think I was ready to, to, to show it in that way, and I, I don't think Japanese audiences were ready for it. But now that 12 years have passed,、um, I think. Japan is ready, not everyone, but, but Japanese audiences are, are ready now to, to be able to handle that in the form of entertainment like Suzume. And I think I was ready to make it as well. So I think I needed those 12 years to, to make this film.、Mm. Unfortunately, we only have 10 minutes left. But、um, we, we are very proud and honored to be partnering with the BFI on、um, three screenings at their IMAX.、Mm. For of your name,、uh, Weathering with You,、yeah. and then Suzume.、Mm. And so I wanted to ask you what does IMAX mean to you as a format, the biggest, loudest <laughs> format、uh, as a filmmaker? What does that mean to you? IMAX is a format that is so different. IMAX で映画を見たよとすごく良かったよというふうに言っていただくたびに僕はちょっとだけこう居心地の悪い気持ちになるんですよね居心地が悪い気持ちになりますそれは、えー、実写であればライ,ライブアクションであればその IMAX カメラみたいなものがあって IMAX 用の映像をこう、ね、きちんと作ったりするんですけどアニメーションというのは、まあ、手でハンドドローイングだったりしますので最初から IMAX に上映するために作っているわけじゃないんですよね。一度こう普通の映画館用に作った映像をまあ IMAX 側がまあ,ある種こうアップコンバートして IMAX より IMAX に最適化してやってくれてるわけですどのようにアップコンバートされているのかは IMAX 社の特別な技術なので僕たちにはよくわからないんですよねなのであの僕が IMAX 用に作ってるわけじゃないのでああなんかちょっと居心地が悪いなって思うんです Whenever someone tells me that they've enjoyed Uh, seeing my film in IMAX, it feels a bit uncomfortable <laughs> because with live action, you, you've got your IMAX camera and you can、mm-hmm. film something for IMAX. But with animation, it's, it's not made for IMAX, it's,、mm. it's hand drawn or whatever,、um, and it's made for a normal cinema. And then IMAX up convert it, optimize it for IMAX. And I don't know how they do that, it's a, their special technology.、Um, <laughs> so it's not. made for IMAX, so it feels weird. So, this is the first time I've ever seen it. It's a little bit of a size of the 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 
思いますあのよりこう正方形に映画の画面が近づいているのが IMAX だと思うので、えー、でも IMAX の人気はとても高いのであの次作る映画はもしかしたら横長の画面ではなくて縦方向に少しこう絵を足さなければいけないのかなとかそんなことをこう考えたりもしますね。Um. Susumo is filmed in Sinesco, so it's a more widescreen format compared、mm-hmm. to Your Name and、um, Weathering with You, which were 16 by 9 in a more letterbox、mm-hmm. uh, format. Whereas my understanding is that the height is important in IMAX because it's close to being, closer to being a square.、Mm-hmm. Um, but IMAX is very popular, so I do think maybe, maybe I should be aiming for something closer to that format with my next film. うんまあ、何でもいいんだけどこうとにかく一つに決めてほしいというふうには思いますね、フォーマットは。I just wish they'd, they'd settle on one single format. <笑><笑>、um, and then soon you'll be making、uh, 9x16 for phones as well. <笑>、um, <笑>そうですね。We will also be introducing these films to 500 people. So I wonder,、uh, do you have a message for audiences watching your name and weathering with you today? あのこれらの IMAX の上演の時に紹介を500人も見ることになってるんですけどその人たちへのメッセージっていうのはありますか今,今から「君の名は」と天気の子を見る人に対しての,、はいあのまあ、僕が作ったこの3本の作品というのはあのいずれも、まあ、自然災害が一つテーマになっていますどうしてそういう映画を作るかといえば僕たちの生活がやっぱりこう自然災害に囲まれているから自然災害がどんどん増えているからだと思うんですよね日本には当然地震がありますが日本だけではなくてヨーロッパだって気候危機の影響を大きく受けているでしょうし COVID もありましたしあるいは戦争がありますよね戦争というのも僕たち一人一人の個人にとっては自然災害のようなものですよね自分たちの力では防ぐことができなくてでも人生を大きく影響されてしまうような災害戦争もそうですですので、えー、僕は自分の映画の中でその災害を描くとということはもう当然の選択でした今の若者を映画の主人公にしようとするとどうしても災害とは切り離せないというふうに思ったんですね、えー、ですのでできればイギリスの観客の皆さんにもこの映画が、えー、自分と関係のない日本の出来事というわけではなくて自分たちの世界な、えー、ともきっと強くこう関係があることなんだというふうに思ってこの映画を見てもらえると楽しんでもらえると嬉しいなと思います。Well, these three films have a theme of natural disasters running through them. And the reason that I made them is because we're surrounded by natural disasters、um, and they're happening more and more frequently.、Uh, not just in Japan with its earthquakes, but in Europe as well. You see the effects of the climate crisis.、Um, we've had COVID,、uh, and even war for individuals is, is a kind of natural disaster because it's something we can't do anything about but has a huge impact on our lives.、Um, and so it seemed like a natural choice to, to feature these kinds of disasters in my films, especially when you have young protagonists.、Um, their lives are inseparable from, from the disasters that are happening. So, I hope that audiences will see the events of these films not as something unrelated to them that is just happening in Japan, but, is something, but as something that is strongly、uh, connected to their own lives.、Mm-hmm. Now, before we wrap up, we have to ask a question. So, our podcast is all about 
shining a light on filmmakers who have amazing filmographies. We started with Studio Ghibli, but now we've looked at Satoshi Kon and Mamoru Hosoda and Cartoon Saloon. We like to ask any guest that we have on the podcast who a filmmaker might be that you think we could talk about next. Who's got an amazing filmography or a studio that you think we could cover?僕作っている映画がどんな映画なのか、あの、それが僕は今すごく楽しみですね。彼女の仕事をもっと見たいと思います。ですよね。ユアカラね。その30代くらいユアネーム。あの、そうなので、より行動の映画なんだろうと気になって気になってますね。I'm <笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑> very